Hey, Fitness Business Secrets listeners. In part two of my two-part interview with Kelly Howard, we are going to really get into her social activity club called Bayou City Outdoors, which when she first took over the company about 15 years ago, it had maybe $12,000 in gross revenue. And now when she sold it, it had about $250,000 in revenue. We all know fitness businesses, whether it's offline or online, are all about creating community. Well, community and creating events that help people stay active was at the core of Bayou City Outdoors. So if you're interested in adding offline or even online events to create an additional revenue stream for your business, today's show will be a good business plan so you can get that started. You're gonna learn what it costs to run an activity-based company and the surprising way to ensure that your social events go off really well. So events are a big part of this type of business model. So we'll go over which events to put on and how much to charge each month. Even more interesting, you're gonna find out how to offer trips to create another add-on revenue stream. Now that Kelly has a primarily online business, she shares with us tips on how to market your business online on a budget. Hint, it's not just through social media techniques. She finishes with two really big tips on how to be successful as a solo fitness entrepreneur. It's a great episode, stay tuned. Fitness coaches, get more clients by learning the secret techniques successful trainers and gym owners are using to grow their business in person and online. Create multiple streams of income by training clients online, selling challenges, and growing your membership. This is the Fitness Business Secrets Podcast, and I'm your host, Christy Oshita. I've built two fitness businesses to about a half million dollars each by improving marketing, sales, and operations. Let's grow your sales and your clients. Today, I'm talking to Kelly Howard. She's a serial entrepreneur who has sold four different companies. One of the companies she's founded is Bayou City Outdoors. It's one of the largest outdoor activity social clubs of its kind. Through that business, she's seen life transformations, such as people starting to become active and people meeting and actually getting married. Today, she's an online entrepreneur with her Fit is Freedom podcast. She talks about mindset and motivation, and through her courses and events, she's helped people create that life change they're seeking. All right, so now I'm kind of curious about, so, so you're kind of using all these different methods, you know, what was relevant 15 years ago to build the base and still definitely could be useful now. I did a lot of flyers when we started the gym. What is the business model as in what takes the most, what costs the most amount of money? Because it sounds like, okay, you got all these volunteers for the events, or, or let's talk about in today's age, what does it take to run the business? What costs the money? What costs the time? Oh, well, like my current business, probably I spend a lot of money on help, you know, assistance and, and stuff like that. I spend money on software, right? Like the, the money, it's shifted. Whereas, you know, that first website costs twenty-five or $30,000 to build. Mm-hmm. You don't spend that now, but you've got all this software that makes things work. And I think that personally, that you should just get the best stuff you can get, figure it out and run with it. Like yeah. sometimes people will like, okay, I'm going to be very, very mean here, but like get the free version of MailChimp and try and, you know, get by with that, forget it. Like, you know, spend the 50 bucks on active campaign and, and get something that works. You know, sometimes you just have to, you just have to look at it as the fact that, I mean, it's a business, it's a business expense. If it hurts to think about it, think about the fact that it's only really going to cost you half because you've got taxes. And then, 
you know, you just suck it up and spend the money. I'm not like, I do spend money Facebook advertising. I do a little AdWords, not a lot because I like to understand my, I like to understand where my money's going and I'm not an AdWords expert yet. So, you know, if you're spending a dollar to $10 a click, then you want to know what you're doing, right? Yeah. Email. I still think email is one of the most brilliant things you can do. You really have to have an email list and you have to talk to people. I don't like, even, even if you've got a gym, right? You still have to be talking to people and not just face to face, but you need to be emailing them. You need to be keeping them in touch with what's going on. You need to be, you know, you just, we have to be relevant. Yeah. We have to be super relevant because if we aren't, then someone who's more relevant, even if they charge, like, I mean, a very good example, my Pilates gym charges, oh, probably eight times what my regular gym charges, right? I mean, big difference. But the Pilates gym keeps me, you know, advised on what's going on. You know, they, they stay in touch. They, you know, they, they do all the right things. So they stay relevant. And so I'm willing to spend for both of them. You know, me yeah. personally. You really just have to be willing to suck it up and spend money on marketing. Mm-hmm. And marketing can be very simple. Yeah. And for these kind of examples of expenses, is this for the, the Bayou business, social club? For all of them. For, for all your current of them. business. Okay. Yeah. No, for all of them. You know, you just like, like just those marketing things, advertising, Mm -hmm. software, you know, it just, it, it adds up some, but if you, if you get something that works and you've, and you've got to find the people that can work it too. Like I, I truly believe in finding good people, paying them well and keeping them as long as you possibly can. I have someone who works for me. She's in um, Hungary. She started with me in one of my past companies. So probably 18 years ago. Oh, wow. She's still with me. I've never met her in person, but she's just been taking care of with me for years. So I think it's super important to, you know, to look for good people and keep. Yeah. Yeah. So for the business model for if someone wanted to start an activity club, and I mean, it's a little weird to talk about now since people aren't really meeting, but I'm sure there's going to be a point where that's it's people are meeting again so if they wanted to do that what what are the main things of the business to make it successful like specifically should you have a certain number of events of course you need people on your mailing list and like how many people do you need to run do you need to show up to all of these events how would you like what's a simple way to just so if someone wants to do an event company Mm-hmm. I think that at least initially, yeah. they need to be willing to do the events, as many of them as they can. Because even though the events are being run by someone else, you are the face of the company. I am a big believer in the fact that, that we are the face of our company. And you have to always figure out a way to walk the line. And the line is, how are you the face of your company? And still removed enough that when you decide that it's time to sell your company, which is usually, you know, what, eight years in, that it does, isn't going to just flounder because you're gone. So I would say that, yes, it's better to have quality events than a whole bunch of events. For me, I know that I was willing to pay people to be at events 
even though I might have volunteers, because I wanted those events to have a certain standard. Like a certain number of people there. When a certain number of people, but a certain value. Like, like they're social people? Like they keep the conversation going? Is that They can keep the conversation mm-hmm. going. They can answer questions. They can make sure that if someone's, maybe the event leader's late or something, they're there. Like any, you just have to be like in anything you're doing, you have to be professional. And that's probably, like I said, I didn't want to bash meetup. That is probably the difference. Like where someone, if they wanted to start a social club could really shine is that when something is run hundred percent by volunteers, it looks like it's run hundred percent by volunteers. So, and you know, and anyone who's on the call who knows that like, you know, maybe they have a business, a gym, and then they have that person who puts out a sign, you know, two blocks down and says, you know, we're going to meet outside and, you know, I'm going to do gym stuff with you twice a week or whatever. That's fine. But as long as you can stay personal and relevant and professional, that person's going to go away. They always do. Like they always do. Mm -hmm. So I think I got off topic though. What else you were asking, what else to do to start a membership or a well, it was, It was also interesting, you were saying about how you made sure the events had certain qualities to to, to give it quality. And I think for some people, that's that's very confusing. Like, what what do you do? You You know, you have hiking, you have people hike, but it sounds like you even went into the detail of making sure the, the socialness of it was a certain standard by having certain very social people there. Yeah. And, and, you know, like not everybody's social. I mean, in my world, this whole staying at home thing hasn't been that big a deal because I'm quite frankly, a huge introvert. But the bit, but is when you put me in front of people and it's a group, I want to make sure that every person there is having fun. I want to make sure that nobody's left out, right? These are super, like super important because that's where having either somebody there who's representing you or you there or whatever makes such a big difference because when someone comes and they feel like it doesn't matter if someone is 15 or 50, they are still going to feel just like that first day of kindergarten when they come into a new group of people. Everyone does. Mm -hmm. And someone has to be willing to take care of them. And even when you're doing like, let's say you're doing an event that is like you said earlier, like about osteoporosis, right? Nobody wants to be that person who comes in and then just has to kind of like stand in the corner because they don't know anybody. They don't know where to sit or something. Someone has to be willing to be there and talk. And I think that's probably the most important thing. Even in gyms, same thing. Like going back to my two gyms, like one of them, one of the reasons I probably stay there is that when I walk in, they're like, Miss Kelly, what are you doing? Where have you been? We haven't seen you, you know, or whatever it is. And and even though it's very hokey because they are, it's a, it's a very small gym, it still is the same thing, right? It makes you feel warm and fuzzy. So, so just, I think the people, I think the personal aspect is one of the things that will keep people coming to back to a business, whether it's gym, Pilates, an outdoor activity club, a coffee shop, that's going to keep people like they come in because of your marketing they stay because you love them. Okay, great. So it sounds like you really made sure that the core product was awesome and those fine details. So, so one, okay, show up to events. I'm going to create this like basic step-by-step thing. So, you know, show up to the events, 
or at least make sure that you have the people there to, to make sure everyone feels included, even mm-hmm. if it's just the hike and, you know, there's a line of people at the end in the beginning. And I get it. Like I've been at things where I just felt really not included. And I thought, what am I in like kindergarten? What's get with it. But like, right. I just, I did. And it wasn't yeah. a great experience. So yeah. Yeah. And so number two, I know you mentioned people since it was different events at different places. Was it like the email list that kept sort of that baseline sense of connection? Oh, actually, no, the website, like a membership website where people log in and, you know, they have the ability to see all the details of uh, an event and, you know, extra things in the library and stuff like that. Talk to each other through the website. I mean, there's the website itself has a lot of a lot of bells and whistles, I guess, you know, so people are meeting each other and they can reconnect and they can see who's going to an event and they can, you know, drop an email to somebody. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's a big piece of, and I guess I just kind of assume that without telling you I should have, it's the, it's the online equivalent of having a storefront. And so having one that's just like a website that is a membership site that people just really feel like being a member of it is something special yeah yeah wow that's great okay so that yeah that's big i uh, and i can see that and i think just looking at the website which is uh, i have pulled up you you wouldn't be able to see that you could see who's coming and the community connection aspect so number two is having this website that and also you have all these great pictures on it to show the sense of energy and, and everyone having fun um, and connection. Okay, so you have that. And so to get these places to do these events, do you usually do it where it's like a reoccurring event every month so that it's kind of in place? I think it's good to have some reoccurring mm-hmm. and some different because people will get bored with the same old, same old, mm-hmm. but some people like the same old, same old. So you have to mix, you know, you have to mix and match for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they paid for, like, I saw that you guys have a water polo. And so they, they pay your membership fee. And if you're just watching, it ranges depending on the number of months you sign up for. But it's like between like 22 to like 20 something dollars a month. Right. So that's what I, I thought I saw. Yeah. I mean, depending on how many. I don't think for. you can actually do a monthly anymore now. I'm not oh, positive okay. since I don't own, own it anymore. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you can do a monthly anymore. But it probably breaks down depending upon what number of months you buy to yeah. something like that. And whether you're a single member or a couple member. So besides the membership, they also have to pay for just the cost of the activity. Correct. Like, okay. And what extent, because I'm just wondering, since I used to run a tennis school, what extent was there like lessons? Were there anything where you kind of did it where they, they're, they're learning something or that wasn't really part of your. Um, so, Amy, who has the company now, has a hiking, like like an online hiking course where they can learn something like that. I know that, like myself, when I ran it, you know, I taught some things, but not, not like you have to pay me a hundred dollars and I'll teach you how to, I don't know, go backpacking. But a lot of what the uh, members got was a lot of teaching. So Amy just has taken it to a higher level now with the online course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there any add-ons like we talked about for, or was there just membership? Travel. Travel. That was the only big add-on. Like you guys did special uh, getaways? like trips? Oh, lots of trips. Lots of fun oh. trips all over the world. Okay. Yeah. 
That's interesting. I've always thought, I mean, it just seems so interesting. I, I, but then I'm like, oh, it seems like so much work. How was that as a portion of your revenue? Was that a big portion, those doing getaway trips? Uh, no, I think it was just like a little bump. Okay. You know, a bump. Yeah. So um, a bump with lots of fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. About how much would you charge for, was it more, more like do they just pay a certain amount and then all the costs they just pay for directly versus there's it some yoga totally getaways. depends. Yeah. It totally depends on whether like which, which trip it was. And if we were using a, like sometimes we used a, like a tour group, sometimes we did them ourselves and you know, it just like wildly varied. Yeah. Wildly varied. So yeah. But you know, it's travel is, travel is very cool. Yeah. Like it's a whole, it's a little, it's a tough one right now. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. But it is very cool. Yeah. People love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you're a yoga teacher or you're a, you know, cyclist, I mean, that's an interesting business model for fitness coaches who want to take people on these fitness adventures. Did you, was there any partnerships that either were paid or in a sense, either you paid for or they paid you or it's just kind of conducive? Well, if we used a, um, if we used a, like an outside tour group, and when I say tour, not like a bus tour, but like, mm-hmm. you know, REI or G Adventures or somebody like that. Yeah, there was partnerships that way, mm-hmm. for sure. I, I think a lot of people are wondering, because I think in a small business like this, every stream of revenue counts, like even just a couple thousand here and there. Were, were these considered sponsorships where they would pay you to have either a name or was it like a certain you percentage? Know, it it really get? varies. Like mm-hmm. most of our trips, I'm just trying to think like, I, I really actually, once again, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. I don't know. But I do know that like, if, if you have people who want to do a retreat or something like that, yeah. they can go out and they can find a tour group, a tour organization mm-hmm. that they want to work with. And that tour organization will, will work with them somehow. Like, you know, there's a lot of different kinds out there and they will definitely work with them somehow. Like usually it's not so much a, it's not so much a uh, sponsorship as mm-hmm. it is probably some sort of commission. But mm-hmm. it really varies. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it varies as much as it varies, like the color of cats and dogs. Like, I mean, it varies by every company that you're going to talk to. So if you have people out there who want to do that, I would say that they should figure out like where they want to go, yeah. what they want to do, and then find the best people in the area, give them a call and see what they would do with them. Yeah. I know this might be something that's also out of sight, out of mind. What would you say your new membership signup was and your cancellation rate was? I don't know. I do know that we had a pretty low cancellation rate in the industry, mm-hmm. but I really can't tell you what the number was. I'm wondering, because you net positive, I don't know what your numbers were like when you sold it, but you said at about a high, you had about 1,000 members? Probably. Yeah, probably mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm wondering if you just did it feel like it was generally easy to maintain that and it was just generally a growth path or there's a certain point when an equal number of You know, people... everything hits a plateau, yeah. right? So when something hit a plateau, then we would have to figure out different ways of marketing mm-hmm. or different ways of keeping members happy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, everything plateaus. Yeah. So it could plateau in the first two years or 10 years or whatever. So when you hit a plateau, that's when you have to go, okay, so... Am I happy at this plateau? Yeah. 
And if I'm not, how am I going to, what am I going to do differently? Yeah. Right. How am I going to do this differently? Because like, it's, it's just life. Yeah. It's business. Yeah. Yeah. For our last few minutes, I'd love, because I think that it sounds like you've given everyone the very basic building blocks of doing an activity club. And it's also kind of, we're all waiting to see what will happen in the world. Now um, I'm curious about your, your, your new projects. I know you have a podcast, your, you have your fitness business. Maybe if, if you could tell everyone just like where you are now with your, your new ventures, I'm sure they're very exciting also. Oh yeah. Yes. So I decided that one of the reasons that I sold the company was I wanted to be location independent. Hmm. As much as I love that company, because I think it is brilliant, it also was Houston-based. So I could travel, but I couldn't travel all the time. And so I wanted something that was location independent. And I do some coaching, not a lot. Like I do some one-on-one coaching, but mostly what I do is I have a few for eight-week coaching programs. I do digital courses, which I love. Like I'm a huge fan of digital courses. Small ones, like super small ones. Like I have one that we just launched called Motivation Multiplier Method. And it's just a small, easy online course that people can use like that, you know, three and a half minutes a day and they're done, which I think is super important. And then then there's the whole eight-week program. And then in between those two, and I do accountability groups. So, and, and I think accountability is important to help someone build habits. Like I don't want someone to, I don't want someone to need me for the rest of their life. I want someone to enjoy working with me for a few months or a few weeks and then be completely self-sufficient because that's like the goal, right? The goal is to have fun and go have some adventures and do it all on your own. The podcast, we talk a lot about, well, I mean, I do some interviews and then the rest of the time we talk a lot about motivation, habit shifting, because when we shift our habits, we change our lives, mindset, accountability, and then like the nuanced things, like nuanced things, like I'm a queen of sleep. Like, how do I sleep so well? Like those kinds of things, you know, I, I work. And then I do throw in some adventure stuff because you cannot keep me off a trail. And if I can teach someone how to go out and get what they need to go kayaking or to go backpacking or to go hiking or, you know, answer questions. I love that stuff. Like just love it. Yeah. And for the, so it sounds like you're doing a lot of your location independent. So are you still based in Texas? Right now I am right now. We're kind of like hanging out in Houston. (laughs) (laughs) Just when you can travel, you can't travel. (laughs) So, so I mean, but you know, you're going to be ready. So when, when the time's right, your current business is, is location independent. You have a couple of digital products, virtual coaching groups. And just so our listeners know your podcast is fit is, is freedom, right? Correct. And so, I mean, they might not have been able to pick up on that since you've talked a lot about motivation and health and everything. Would you say you're like more of a fitness coach then or more of just a health life coach? I am more of a mindset coach. Mm -hmm. Like, and to me, the mindset is fitness because, and that's where the name came from. Like if someone is fit, if someone is healthy in their body and their head, then they can do anything. And I had a time in my life when I was still working so much 
like so much. And I was taking care of my mother. I was acting as the general contractor for the new house. You know, I was doing all the things, right? And then one day I woke up and I couldn't move. I just, you know, I mean, I had hurt my back, right? But that's like happens to everybody because I just overwhelmed myself. And I realized like really, really got it at that moment that if we don't take care of our health, then nothing matters. Like mm-hmm. I can make all the money in the world, but if I don't feel good, I'm so, I'm screwed, right? Yeah. So that's where it all came from. And, and that's where I became so passionate about like, and it, it started because I have all these female friends who are entrepreneurs and most of them are a little bit younger than me. And I look around and I see what they're doing. They are working, 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 working like crazy women. People in the fitness industry, working, working, working like crazy women, right? And, and we all think that we're immune, right? We all think that, eh, you know, I mean, we're in good enough shape. But the truth is, is that we have to take care of our health. And, and, if, you know, and if you do take care of your health, you can do anything. Like, you know, I can do anything I want to right now. I can go jump on a whitewater river when I can travel. I can go, you know, race canoes. I can do anything I want. But it comes from having that base of fitness. Yeah. So, so you're talking about fitness as kind of the core of your, your lifestyle messages and how do you generally, now that we're online more, how do you get your message out? How do you get people buying your products, buying your group services? (laughs) Back to the basics. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Email, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have a nice email. I do a lot of media. I, I'm on a lot of summits these days because summits seem to be the thing. What else? I do, I mean, a lot of television interviews. I prefer television over radio. I, over the days, I've found that TV has, it's just a little bit more powerful, hmm. but I don't mind jumping on radio. I will. I've done it before. I do some articles, but it takes more than my time that I really want to spend. And then I, what else do I do? I do some Facebook advertising. I use some word of mouth. Like, you know, I am not above just dropping a note to a friend and saying, hey, this is what I've been up to. Keep me in mind. Not that I expect them to to come work with me, but I get referrals. I get a lot of referrals, actually. And then what else? I think I mentioned Facebook ads. Those are probably the main ones, right? Like Mm -hmm. media, email, the website, downloads. Facebook ads. I'm sure there's a thousand other things in there because, you know, we spend thousands of dollars a month, so we must be doing something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know how that feels. Would you say, and everyone's going to ask this, is social media, is that like a a really strong channel for you? Like posting things on your feed and... No, I'm the worst at social media. Like the worst. I, I, if, you, if I have a choice, I would rather write someone an email than make a post on social. So I, I literally buy my way through social mm-hmm. because I know that like the days of the organic fun are gone, like gone. And I used to have all the fun in the world with organic reach. And as soon as it became a play, pay to play world on Facebook and Instagram, then I'm just like, fine. I mean, it makes it easier for me because I just pay. And I mean, I post, I post, and I, but I have fun with my posts. I do things that make me happy. Like, you know, 
I mean, I'm not going to sit around and figure and stress over whether I got 10 people liking a post or two because especially like for the people who are on here, especially if you've got a, a business page, like business pages don't have organic reach. They just don't. And I mean, I, and I'm not, I am probably the most positive person in the world, but I'm also smart enough to know that when something's just not happening, it's just not happening. If someone's on here and they use their personal page, you can get away with that. You have to be careful. Like you have to really be careful with Facebook because if they feel like you're using your personal page for all your promotions, they will like throttle you down to nothing. Groups are obviously more powerful, but you've got to be willing to get in there and, and show up. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'm happy to do lives. Like I do lives on my page all the time, but then I promote them. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I have my own struggles with uh, social media because I'm not someone who wants to randomly post. I and mean, it's not, you can still be strategic, but because the, the reach is so low and it's not something that's easy to uh, leverage in multiple ways, like a post multiple times. And mm-hmm. I also wonder, does it really add value to my followers as much as doing an interview? I'm always wondering other peop- what other people are doing. Yeah. I mean, I think that we are strategic. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess I sound like I'm not at all, but I'm extraordinarily strategic about my marketing. Yeah. Like, I usually do a three month, I do three month plans Mm -hmm. and I know exactly what we're going to focus on when, but that is as much the podcast as the emails, as the advertising, and then some of the posts and then the rest of the posts, like, I don't know, like today, just for grins, I put, I don't know if you've ever seen them, the two guys in kilts that are the, the exercise guys. I have not seen that. Okay, go look them up. They're, pretty, they're hysterical, quite frankly, hysterical yeah. and cute. So, you know, I put them on the page today. I was like, why not, you know, do something different. Yeah. I'm not going to spend all my time just, you know, trying to get somebody to, to download something when I can have a little fun too. Yeah. How about your podcast? How do you feel your podcast, does it create like leads for you? Or I'm not sure how often you, you post to your podcast. Uh, we do a podcast every Monday. And then on a lot of Fridays, I do an interview. And so, so when you're doing a podcast and you're getting interviewed or you're interviewing people, then, you know, you're getting reposted on their stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. We get leads. I mean, we're very, once again, I mean, I, I sound like we're just kind of like tossing stuff out there, but we're super strategic. Like we, we take our podcasts and every week somebody on my team you know, they create an image, they create an audio, they create a soundbite. It goes to our LinkedIn page. It goes to our Facebook page. It goes to, I think it goes to IG. I don't know. And then, you know, we recycle. So we get leads. I mean, I wouldn't say we get thousands of leads mm-hmm. because even people I know who have very big podcasts, they have said to me before that, you know, they get leads, but they're not getting like inundated. But at the same time, I think a podcast is super, I think it's a super effective way if you like talking to people. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love speaking, like I love being on stage and that's like one of my passions and podcasting is allowing me to do kind of that when we're not, you know, getting up on stage. Yeah. And for your podcasts on Mondays that are not interviews, is that just you on a topic and how long yeah. is that podcast? Usually about a 20 minute. 
Like mm-hmm. I try and keep them 20 minutes. Sometimes it's a little shorter. Sometimes it's a little longer, but like, I want people to, I mean, I want people to be out doing things. So I'm like, can I use this 20 minutes to do some sort of walk or whatever it is that you need and then get busy, you know, thinking about the things you should be thinking about. Yeah. How scripted is that for you? I am just curious since you're the only person. It, it's not. I mean, mm-hmm. originally it was ridiculously scripted. Mm-hmm. It would take me hours and hours to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I was like, what am I doing? Like I, I wanted it to be perfect. It was like, to me, it was like being on stage. Like if I give a speech, that speech is going to be really good. Like it's going to be nailed down to the second knowing what I'm going to say. But then I realized that the podcast isn't like that. Like mm. it's a conversation. Yeah. So a lot less scripted these days. Some yeah. Talking points and that's it. And how much engagement do you get from that? Just because I'm, I'm curious from being a podcaster myself and still trying to figure out the whole thing about it. Like it can be a lot of time. And for us, we do an intro and we do other things and music. So yeah, I get the idea of like, how much time do you put into it? And, and then how can you, how do you tell besides just the numbers of downloads, if you sense people are listening or responding? I'll get emails from people. Mm-hmm. Occasionally I'll have like a friend who will, say, will be like on a hike or something. She'll be like, oh yeah, I liked what you said the other day. I'm like, really? <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I get comments sometimes. Mostly it's via email though. Like oh. mostly it's via email. Yeah. And people, because we do do a weekly email and, you know, I do mention the podcast in there and I do ask for feedback sometimes. And so, you know, yeah, there's a, you get to, you get to hear what people have to say that way. Yeah. So would you say then that the, the main things that you offer, you provide in sort of your lifestyle coaching, fitness coaching um, business is the podcast, and then you do a, a weekly email, and then you kind of have some social stuff and then like some opt-ins? I mean, as in like the free, like kind of. Oh, presence. you mean what they would, what they, what they get from me in like how I'm putting myself out there? Yeah. Like maybe somebody who follows you. They, they uh-huh. maybe they buy some things from you, like your baseline ways of the strongest connection. Some people are all Instagram. Some people are po- podcasts and they have an email newsletter. I'm just curious. Is it, it sounds like the main baseline of people where they stay connected with you is the podcast and your new emails, newsletters. It's true. And then we also have a private Facebook group and that okay. gets pretty active, right? So then um, you're, you're probably in there a lot. I'm in there some. I'm, I'm actually very, very careful to let people know that I'm not like that person who's going to be in there every day, five times a day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. because, it, and which is good. Like, you know, you let somebody know up front and then they understand and then they take care of me because they take care of each other. So I think that's helpful too. Yeah. Okay. And so you build, so basically your, your goal is to build your email list, maybe your Facebook group. And then from there, people might buy some of your digital products or group services. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I mean, people do buy and, and just be, you know, just be out there and be helping people. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. Well, Michael, thank you for sharing that because I, I just understanding your digital model for me, that was extremely interesting as um, just maybe on the, for the fitness business secrets. And I, but I think a lot of health coaches are trying to understand how they want to offer products or services. For my closing question, what would you say for someone who's just getting started 
health fitness coach just lost their job, let's just say, has maybe a few online clients, but is trying to figure out how they should, how they're going to be an online entrepreneur. What would be maybe um, one or if you have two like big tips for them to get started? When you work for yourself, it can be a little difficult because you are your soul most of the time, your soul person who's going to like cheer yourself on. I would say that probably the most important thing people could do is schedule, like truly schedule. Okay, let me put it this way because this, this is a crowd of fitness experts, right? Mm-hmm. You would never have a week that you didn't schedule your workouts, right? Like I'm serious about having my week scheduled for my workouts because that's what I do. We have to do the same thing with our business. And so like literally asking yourself, like if you're looking at your schedule, what you're going to do this week, what's my, what am I going to accomplish today? Like, you know, what's my, what's my outcome for today? And be willing to stick to the course because it's sometimes it's just not going to be easy guys. I mean, it's just not like, I mean, going back to my Pollyanna self, like I want everyone to be happy and, you know, rainbows and unicorns. And the truth is, is sometimes it's unfair. But give yourself a certain amount of time a day that you're going to work. I don't think that you should just go out and crush it. Like, I don't believe in hustle till your eyes bleed. I really don't. Like, usually my day is five hours. And I found that most people's day is five hours. They might be sitting at their computer for 10 hours, but they get five hours of real work done. Like, most of us, that's about all we got in this. And, but just like, be willing to spend the time. Don't freak if you have to go into a little bit of debt because it's going to cost you something sometimes to start a business, but you know, know your books and, and find a couple of friends that, you know, you can mastermind with. Like I've done paid masterminds. I've done free masterminds. What I've found is that they all work just, but you know, but you've got it. And you also, I guess there's one last piece is that, you know, you want to make sure that you surround yourself with people who are positive. Because being an entrepreneur is not always easy. So, you know, your most important thing is to keep your mindset up. And if you can surround yourself with positive people, it's going to make it a whole lot easier. When you surround yourself with people who aren't positive, it can be, it doesn't work. Yeah. You've heard the, you're the sum total of the five people that you hang around the most with. Well, I consider some of my podcast people that I listen to my best friends because those are the people I hang around with in my head. Yeah. That's true. And, and that's really helpful because sometimes in this time, it's hard to always be surrounded by exactly. It is. People. It is. Turn the news off. Turn the news off. Don't look. Turn on the positive and like, you know, as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kelly, this has been a great time. Um, I've learned Thank a you. lot. Thank you. <laughs> we we got to so go w- way back a couple, de- two decades into your whole journey. And I think it was really inspiring. So if anyone wants to reach out to you, I know sometimes you do coaching and you also have your own programs. How could they find you? Probably the easiest way. And this has been, <laughs> I'm going to do this because I found out just before we got on this call, our contact form isn't working on the website, which just like, my website is fitisfreedom.com. My email is just simply kelly at fitisfreedom.com. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually answer my own emails. So first time in about 15 years, but I am answering <laughs> my own emails. And so if you just kelly at fitisfreedom.com, I'm happy to help. 
It's a great website, by the way. Okay. Thanks. Well, <laughs> Kelly has been awesome. Thanks for being on the show. Make sure to check Kelly's workout. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening. Oh, I have three freebies. Number one, get your full edited transcription with bullet points of the key lessons from today's show on our website, fitnesssecrets.co. That's fitnesssecrets with an S at the end, .co. While you're there, subscribe to our newsletter, which gets you access to our monthly freebie marketing and operations content that you can use for your own fitness business. Freebie number two. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe to the show in your podcast player by hitting the subscribe button. Since the show happens because of listeners like you, could you also leave a review? If you email us your review at support at fitnessecrets.co, you'll receive a complimentary one-hour coaching call with me and a $150 credit towards the first challenge that we will be releasing soon. Finally, freebie number three. We started the Fitness Secrets Facebook group. I know thinking and designing of new marketing campaigns, planning out your operations each month for your fitness clients is exhausting. Our goal is for the group to help you plan out your marketing, plan out your operations so you can get more clients efficiently. To join, go to facebook.com and search Fitness Business Secrets. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to talk to you in the next episode.